Well, hello and welcome to Pegasus Radio. Today is the third episode in the Meet the Boss series, and today I'm joined by Ian Brazier, who is the managing director and owner of Adeo Consulting. Adeo service primarily main contractors and tier twos and tier threes, as well as some client side work. This is a really interesting chat where Ian goes into some detail around, I guess, the challenges around the changes in IR35 and how perhaps we will see consultancies such as Adeo strengthen their position more in the coming months and years. And we also talk about the, I guess, technological challenges that contractors and indeed both main contractors, tier two and tier three contractors face in terms of how they adapt to the technological change that is coming. It's a really great chat. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Okay, so today I'm joined by Ian Brazier of Adeo Consultancy, a small consultancy business working predominantly supplying commercial management services to contracting organizations, headcount of about 25. Ian will obviously tell us more about the business and how he's found things over the last three months and, and going forward from there. So welcome, Ian, today. Hi, Paul. Pleased to meet you. No, thanks, uh, thanks for joining me today. So, Ian, the question I always start with is, uh, what the heck has life been like for you over the last three months in terms of just getting through it, your personal life, et cetera? You know, how, have you, how have you managed to keep on working, et cetera? Yeah, it's been very nerve-wracking. Obviously, uh, we're not knowing quite what was going to happen. Obviously, in the construction industry, we are sent a few curveballs now and again. Yeah. Follow the, you know, the economy or lead the economy quite often. I suppose for myself, personally, I've obviously got a family. My wife had to um, self-isolate. Um, so I had to, we had to be careful there. Um, although she did take a life decision not to isolate as much as some. Um, we've got two young daughters, so mm. we had all the fun and games with them, not being able to see friends and yeah, dealing yeah. with the trials and tribulations of not being able to do exams, um, funnily enough. But work-wise, yeah, it was a matter of just trying to find out what our clients were doing. Luckily for us, a lot of the clients asked our staff to continue on, albeit work from home. Yeah. So we've all had to learn to use Zoom and Teams, which has been a bit of an experience, but I think it's yeah. a good experience. I think it's yeah. going to be a lasting experience. It's going to certainly save us some time in yes. travelling. There will always be a need for a fa- proper face-to-face in, in the future, but at the moment I see it's a great way to go. A lot can be done in a day with, with, with Teams. Mm. I think you know what I had to do was actually make sure the staff were safe make sure that they could perform their, their duties and that, you know, it's things like making sure they've got proper decent webcams and, mm. and, and things like that. Yeah. I had um, uh, an HR and ops manager, I still have, but she's furloughed. But when she wasn't furloughed at the beginning, there was a lot of organization around that, mm. a lot of uh, explanate, explaining to staff what was going to happen. Even the ones which were still gainfully employed were concerned, yeah. but we were learning on our feet, like everybody, you know, yes. trying to, down, you know, we're situations where we're both reading articles on the web and then both trying to talk and say, that's what we think it means. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that. The briefings, the government briefings were quite useful. But, um, you know, it's really what I had to do was start drilling down on forecast. Yes. There's a lot on LinkedIn about people recommending cash flows and that, always done cash flows. Mm. And, and really looking at the forecast on a, on a, on a weekly, monthly basis. We had a number of clients which wanted discounts you know, led by their directors. Yes. Um, so we had to kind of oblige with that. Although we're an SME, it kind of is counterintuitive, but we've had to take that on the chin and cope mm. with that. And then I had a, a I've only had a, a probably a, a few, a few, you know, handful of fee earning staff who just so happened to come out of work just at that juncture with the lockdown. 
So I was, it was nice to be able to put them into furlough. Mm. Um, I've had a couple of staff I brought back out of furlough and I've got a couple of members of staff who I'm using this period. You may have seen them in the background um, to, to train. So I've got a graduate QS and she's under my umbrella being mentored on a daily basis on some contracts. Um, and I've got a, an internal recruiter and I'm getting him to look at some, some marketing uh, databases and some yeah. marketing uh, software using this time to kind of sit down and look at some tutorials and some videos and just, just prepare because we believe that, you know, things are going to pick up obviously. Mm. Um, and it's just getting, using this time when, when we're not getting inundated with phone calls and so forth to, to take stock and then plan for the next portion of what we're going to do. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've certainly used the same period myself. You know, it's been very quiet from a recruitment standpoint, quite honestly. So, you know, the, the old saying, I've worked on the business rather than in the business and, you know, lots of our internal processes, systems, you know, new website, all those kind of things, which just to make us hopefully ready for the for the bounce back when yeah. it comes. I think, you know, certainly quarter four this year. Well, we've been very lucky because obviously there's been a lot, a number of senior, you know, clients, uh, you know, have retained their positions and, and retained their, their working. Um, and it, and it's with the teams, it's afforded us the opportunity to have, you know, uh, multi linkups with different, you know, uh, directors and their sub directors. And with IR35 still coming in in April, it's basically given us that opportunity to sell ourselves um, more, with more clarity. Um, we're getting a lot of um, clients who are saying, hey, we should be talking to you because we're going to need you. Um, and one of the things I'm trying to impress with clients is that you know, their own resources, their employed resources are going to be very important. Mm. Obviously, it's always a geographical challenge in the construction industry mm. with people's work-life balance is now taking much more importance. Yes. You know, it's not, you can't just turn out to your QS and say, right now, I want you in Manchester yeah. when they've been working in Sussex. So yeah. they have that to deal with. But it's really trying to tell clients, look, you know, we are quite capable of, of starting a project and handing it over when you've got permanent member staff. Mm. Use us in a cost-effective manner. Users on change control, which is cost reimbursement in many cases, and just work out the best way to go forwards. Because I don't think that the clients are going to have this, you know, speed dial agency number as often. Um, we're seeing a lot of things with main contractors where, with where IR35 was coming in, um, they implemented change mm. and they're not going to change back. Um, well, you logically, because it isn't going away, is it? it well, these changes will come in. They've delayed. They a will year. come in, and I think a lot of freelance contractors have, have got have got you know to think long and hard about how they process. I mean, we can, as an SME, we can employ freelance contractors hmm. if they're. But the, the the governance on that is only if they're working in this office directly for one of us, hmm. not f- client facing. Hmm. A lot of the contractors have argued with me saying, well, you're an SME, so you can employ us. It's all legitimate. I said, yeah, it is totally legitimate, total above board. We can do that. However, if the clients are adverse to taking anybody on who's freelance, mm. then then it's the client who, who dictates how we contract or how we work with them. And, you know, no contracts director or manager wants to get involved with an argument internally with their own company of whether, you know, they're supporting us putting freelance guys in. Mm. So uh, it's not what we've done very often. And I don't intend to change, you know, our USP going forwards. Mm. And but I think with the with the the workload going, which I believe is going to come and going ahead, and the workload we've already had, and the diversity of the different projects and different um, kind of uh, sectors we work in, it gives people a feeling. I won't say a feeling of free, being freelance, but they can have change. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I normally say to a lot of my staff, three years about the stint you want to be. Once you've done three years on a project, you know, maybe you're going to get itchy feet. But again, what we can do with our clients and with our staff is we can withdraw them part of the week. So we can put them into another, say, have a different, they could be working one week for a main contractor on a multi-million pound rail project and then a day a week working for a subcontractor of tier three. It gives them that diverse, and, and it gives them, I believe it gives all that stuff quite a balanced view yes. um, of, 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 of perceiving it from different areas of, the, of, of different sides of the, 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 the market. And also, I think, just stop them from going stale because I think the danger is you see these individuals who are maybe in one organisation their entire career um, or a long time, not as being disparaged, but let's say somebody working for a TFL or somebody who's been there years and years and years has only ever worked one way. You know, arguably, they're not improving their own game in terms of, you know, just learning different ways of working, different solutions, different attitudes. They become very tunnel vision in one way of working. And the same can be said of anybody who's on one long project. Particularly yeah. like young QSs. I always say young QSs, you know, should move around a lot when, they, when they're starting their career. Uh, not company, but move around projects so they learn more rather than just being stuck on one project playing a very yeah, good I think, I think project. I often see main contractors make the mistake of shoving the youngsters in and, and, and they get stuck, you know, with, within certain disciplines within project after project. Yeah. And, and I've, and I've picked surveyors up who've, who've come because they become disillusioned mm-hmm. and we do a lot of training in house. And we also encourage a lot of um, earners you learn using, you know, to get more qualifications where, you know, they're, they're, they're working and they're doing block release or they're doing, you know, a lot of work at home mm. for some of the education. But, you know, it, it gets to a point where, you know, some of them actually, some of the, the chaps and chapesses we've got working for us, you know, when I sit down with them and say, look, you know, you gain so much more experience by being on site full time mm. uh, and getting involved in, in as much as you can get involved. And you can always get your professional qualifications later on you know doing doing the the mm. professional route and to be honest you know i think somebody who's learned the craft working with other people who've uh, who are old school who, mm. who do things you know the, the right way so mm. to speak i think there's a lot to be said for that and then getting the endorsement of what you know i see a lot of youngsters who get endorsement with rics and that but they just don't have the the ground knowledge yeah. and they get foisted into positions where uh, you know, they, they must be in certain situations where they're not they're not totally confident with, with how to deal with things. And it's just yeah. life experience, you yes. know, specific to construction and dealing with subcontractors and yeah. such so forth. So, and I always say to my QSs, you know, if you ever get a slack moment, you know, yes, I'll be annoyed if I see you looking on Facebook, but if you're mm-hmm. looking on Construction Inquirer or something like that or yeah. looking through a magazine, you know, if you see something, you don't know what the, what's going on, ask. and We can explain it. I think it's really important to take the time out. For instance, where we are in this business uh, park, you know, they've just put up some steel frame buildings. So I said to a graduate QS, you know, you need to go and have a look. Just just drive your car down and park up outside. Just have a look. She's involved in another project for us, for a client where it's modular construction. Yeah. So she's seeing kind of two different ways of building units quite quickly. Yes. Um, and, you know, so 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 it gives, gives her a bit of a balance. But it's just seeing things and getting familiar with things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, often, you know, when I interview staff, I will, you know, maybe tap on the wall and say, right, explain to me the construction. What mm. do you think the construction of this wall is? Mm. You know, it throws them off guard because they don't expect a question like that. But right, you can yeah. always tell the ones, you know, you actually think, oh, yeah, this is a serious question. And they, 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 they adapt to the, the, the question and, and, and answer it in a, you know, it might not get it technically correct, yeah. but it's finding out how competent they are to be able to kind of 
think about it because yeah. you know a lot of what we do we have to look visualize drawings you know even with 3d cad and everything now it's still there's still an amount of visualization and if it's not visualization of a drawing mm. it's visualizing visualization of what the work's going to be how yeah, long yeah. it's going to take you know because time is money so mm. it's a matter of working up a lot of that and a lot of our work is forensic a lot of it is forensic and and again you know the old adage is records 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 mm. you know, so often you know we're, we're having to go and educate clients and say you know we're weak in certain areas because you just don't have the records yeah yeah what we're trying to encourage clients is to commission us early it's working on in terms of uh, reviewing contracts where uh, smaller smaller contracts we you know we start to charge us you know 1500 for a standard fee to to basically put it into english as it were some of the clauses which are a bit onerous obviously if the client wants us to negotiate with their employer with them for them we can do that Mm. you know we say you know 1500 pounds spent at the beginning is a lot cheaper than 15,000 pounds sorting out a problem when it's gone wrong Um, and we try and encourage our clients also to engross us into conversations with the team when they start Mm. what is it we're actually meant to be doing on site and what are the processes and again because those they normally get flagged up when their cost value has gone skew you know, it's, and, and that's normally something's not happening that should be happening or there's a, you know, there's a loss on the project that shouldn't have happened and it's then a deep dive into why has it happened and then trying to bring that back on course. And mm. what we try and say is, you know, take some preemptive medicine, you know, have a discussion, talk to them, you know, let's get a, a system set up um, and maybe, you know, we're popping every month or two to just have a, have a sense check on it. It's got to be a lot cheaper than bringing in people, you know, high-end consultants at the end of the day dealing with a problem where it's yeah. going to cost you a lot and you're already hurting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very, you know, as we, we always suggesting a lot of a preactive, preemptive work. Um, yeah. Which makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Get it right from the beginning. Yeah. You, you know, you're not going to, well, hopefully you're into the, some yeah. of the errors later down the line. Well, the thing is when I put staff into projects and a client thinks they're coming to an agency and they think they're going to get a bum on a seat, so to speak. And then, mm. you know, they get myself or one of my other senior managers rocking up, you know, it's quite, well, what are you here for? Well, we're coming to see our staff, you know. And sometimes, you know, a client will phone up and says, you know, need to get hold of so-and-so, we've got a, got a bit of a problem. Okay, what's your problem? Oh, you won't know. It's surprising how our managers do know because we're yeah. keeping in contact with all of our staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had it with a client recently. They said, you know, you said you're offering a managed service, but we haven't seen you. I said, well, one, COVID. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, can't exactly come to site. I said, but are you aware that I've spoken to, to my QS at least twice a week and and i said i know for a fact you've got a problem with this client and this is what's going on and he said all right okay i hadn't realized i said well you you wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily tell you Mm -hmm. but it's in my interest to make sure that my staff are doing what what you want us to do Mm -hmm. and more Mm -hmm. um and and it's it's a sales pitch for us because if i get involved and my senior managers get involved with our staff often we get more work because Mm -hmm. you know we find there's a claim um or we find that they're you know, clients talking about a claim and we're, and, and we can get involved and help then before it's kind of been yes. put together badly. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and you know, if I rock up on a job, you know, it puts a face to a name and, and, and also, you know, so often you, 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 you just get to hear what's going on and you happen to be there and they say, Oh, have you got somebody who can help us on this? So it's yeah, uh, of course. sales and marketing and everything at the same time. It's that inevitable, uh, just trying to di- make sure that clients are aware of what you're offering as a service and not, you know, not getting that inevitable race to the bottom about cost, which I think is going to be a challenge, isn't it, going forward? There's already talk of, you know, margins, which are very slender anyway for, sl- for main contracts, and reduce even more over the next six months. 
I think that's certainly, you know, certainly a focus that they've been looking at, obviously, with COVID and obviously with the furlough scheme, it's helped them an awful lot. Mm. You know, I think at the moment, I think that they're running jobs on a skeleton crew because mm. it's, you know, they've got the furlough and mm. you know, from a commercial point of view, I can understand that. I think, I think a lot's going to change in the next couple of months. Yes. I think the key factor is going to be kids back to school. I think yeah. that's going to be important. And I think when the furlough fingers drops, crossed. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but when the, going back. <laughs> yeah, I've I got two. They've finished school now. One's going to go to university, and one's going to go to college. So, right. um, and they both had confirmation that's going to go ahead. So they're brilliant. Funny enough, they're quite pleased. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that will be, you know, a, 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 quite a big impetus into the into the market and how the market comes back. Mm. I think, you know, when clients have to start, you know, main contractors and so forth have to start paying contribution towards the furlough and having people back part time. I think that's going to make it make a fairly big impact. Mm. Um, and, and with the government backing all these projects, you know, the billions that they're pushing through. Right, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, the industry has always been short of staff. Yes. So it's going to be a challenge, a big challenge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, 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 if clients, you know, and, and main contractors can work in more uh, collaborative fashion, mm. um, then I can see it being successful. Yes. Um, it, you know, it's just a matter of understanding what they're contracting to do and the constraints on it. I mean, we saw a lot of financial easing at the beginning of the um, beginning of the um, lockdown. You know, we saw, like for instance, the HE putting out cash to mm. clients. You know, and and having uh, you know tier threes getting cash injections against mm. accounts with big outstanding balances, which was yeah. good. But I think there's a lot to happen in the next six months on on terms of you know new projects starting and and legacy problems from COVID. Yeah. You know, a lot of clients will have been working inefficiently. You know, there's a lot of clients looking at different ways to overcome the problem and and who pays yeah. if anybody's going to pay. Yeah, I think you know you've got the housing sector, which um they're keen to kind of mothball projects and, and slow down because they're going to look for the, the better sales market, you know, mm. private, fi- private finance has dried up, you know, that's going to be a problem for a lot of people, you know, interest rates have gone up. I mean, I was looking at interest rates, you know, beginning of the year, they were like at about 2%, 2.5%. Mm. They're now about eight and a half, nine percent 9%. So for businesses who need money and cash, uh, that's going to cost them more. Mm. So yeah, there's quite a lot of challenges. Going I think forward. equally, there's probably hopefully a lot of investors who, who, who have got decent liquidity still, who, who will, who are just probably biding the time to come back into the market. So, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed the private sector kicks in because of that, because, you know, we're not, this has not been a financially caused recession, has it, fundamentally? It's um, obviously helped no, the recession. So. exactly. And I think people, you know, we saw, because we used to use a, a, a factoring, single invoice factoring company mm. backed by private investment, and that literally at the beginning got pulled. Nice. Um, which caused us significant problems. Yeah, but you know, you know, you can understand it to some extent. But they're just sitting there biding their time because at the end of the day, you know, the banks are paying virtually nothing on money. So, mm. you know, these 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 high net worth individuals and, and 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 the finance houses, you know, need to put their money somewhere to make money. That's what yeah. their business is. Yeah. Um, so I can see I can see a lot of opportunity. I mean, you know, in the business, I'm planning for, you know, the, 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 the short and long-term future. I'm looking to take the business on perhaps to uh, an EOT, you know, uh, uh, Employees Ownership Trust. That's what I'd okay. like to do. Yeah. You know, I'd like to sell it back to the, I'd like to sell, because I'm a 100% shareholder, so I'd like to sell the business back to the, so I'm trying to look at succession, succession management and yeah. some of the guys who've been working with me for a number of years, 
you know, I've had guys working with me for 10, 11 years, you know, those who want to step up, up to the plate sort of thing. I'm saying that, you know, that's where we can go with this. You know, I'll probably always keep my finger in, 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 I'll always be involved, sure, so sure. to speak, um, finger in the pie sort of stuff. I'll probably always be fee earning to some extent, um, but it would be nice to see it taken on with some of the younger staff and, and, and taken kind of that next step forwards, which I think, I think to me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice way to, to move a business on rather than say just selling it, you know, to somebody outside company, because then, you know, all, you know, all your head office staff and that are always going to be worried whether they're, you know, dispensable with a new co that way if, if we if we self-generate the business and self-manage the business then to an extent they've got job security so it's oh, worth yeah. them i can see it can be you know in their mind's eye it's worth them putting the, the effort in now because you know they're going to gain hopefully from 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 it in the long run and there's a lot of there's a lot of um push in the market on the eot system at the moment mm-hmm. tax advantages for it and that sort of thing and i think you'll see that much more often in consultancies and that sort of thing going forwards yeah, no, no, another client of mine has done that further research. So yeah, so yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I can well believe that. And of course, you know, you want your staff to be invested in growing the business at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I, I want to be able to rock up when I'm eighty, and you yeah. know, and, and and see that it's still still doing a job. You know, still working with the main contractors. So yeah, and you anticipate what? I guess not too much growth this year, Ian, but what some decent growth next year? I think next year our growth could be exponential. Brilliant. I think if we can attract the right calibre of ex-freelancers. Yes. You know, there's always been two forms of freelance, the, the real freelance yeah. and the pseudo-employee. Yeah, and yeah, I think, yeah. you know, when people realise that, you know, it, it's here to stay, uh, or I 35 is here to stay, and, and that I think that the, the, the smart ones will realise that working for a consultancy like Adeo, um, that they will have benefits that they won't get perhaps working for a main contractor. You know, with us, I've always said to client, you know, staff, you know, if you have a problem with the client or problem client has a problem with you, it doesn't mean you lose your job. You yes. haven't got to go re-interview. It just yeah. means we move you around. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, you know, what often happens if there's it's often when there's an issue, it's from a mis- misunderstanding. Mm. And by knowing our staff, you know, my manager can go in and, and talk with the client and, and normally iron out a problem. Whereas mm. if those guys have been freelance, it would have been don't need you at the end of the week. You know, because people don't, you know, people are human, so they don't want to deal with problems mm. when you've got to face problems. Yeah. So with with freelance, it's easy. You just say, don't need you and get yeah, another yeah. one. So I think a lot of my, my staff see the benefit of that. And I have staff from time to time saying, you know, I've done rail for the last five years. I want to now do highways or whatever. So we will we will move them around. And because yeah. we're a, a service provider with a managed service, you know, it, it affords us the opportunity to say to our clients, yeah, this guy has got six years of rail and he's got no highways, but he's a good QS. Yeah, yeah, you know, we know it. Me, <laughs> why can't he do highways, you know? Yeah. You know, because when you break it down, the fundamental job of a, C, of a QS, there's some underlying, you know, five or six, you know, key things that you do on any project. Mm. It doesn't matter what sector you're in. Mm. And it's, it's getting the client to understand, you know, you don't need to have somebody who's sector specific. Mm. You just need a very good, you need a good QS. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah, yeah. what what we can do is we afford that opportunity where if there's any shortcomings, it's made up with the management team mm. who can just get involved as and when. And we have a lot of situations where um, our staff will phone us up to to to, to sound out ideas mm. that they don't really want to pester the the client with because mm. 
it might be they don't want the client to think that they might not know mm. when they're really they're just trying to work their way through a, a, mm. a commercial problem. Mm. Um, other times they want us to get involved and help resolve it. You know, we have instances where our guys sometimes been asked to do things that quite frankly under the contract are wrong mm. and they can see what's going to happen. Mm. So sometimes we can get involved and do a polite steer um, mm. and, and, and help that way. So yeah, it has a lot of benefits in terms of, you know, consultancy, um, you know, you know, in the industry, I think. Yeah, I think undoubtedly. Look, I, I would certainly agree with you that I, I do think things will change next April. I think they were going to change this April. Still amazed me the number of freelancers who were still completely burying their head in the sand and saying it won't, it won't change anything, and then and then almost kind of celebrating their win that it's been bumped down the road for a year. You know, thinking that'll be yeah. it. Now we'll just carry on as we are. And it's like you're, you're crazy because, like you say, I think a lot of organisations, main contractors, consultancies, clients have made the adjustments and have said right. We know there will be a, you know, kind of a, a post, you know, IR thirty five change legislation, and that's coming. So we may as well stick to our original process and, and stick with that. And so yeah, logically, I can see why a Deo could fill that gap in the market you yeah. know, by providing that managed service. It's a matter of I always say to a client, let's sit around the table and find out what the problem is, yeah. and let's come up with a solution. Don't yeah. just, you know, jump into form, which is oh, we need a QS for five weeks. Yeah. You know. How do you know you need it for five weeks? You know, yeah. you know, and a lot of clients will keep asking us this, and and I say to clients, like, I can give you an estimate based upon what you've told me. Yeah. But when I get involved, and we, well, when we get involved and we look at what's on the table, it might be different. But we mm. won't just do it; we'll tell you. Mm. And if you want to change things or, or or you know get someone else to do some of the legwork, then then great, you know. Mm. But again, it's all down to communication. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day. And you're, 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 you generally charge your guys out on, on a kind of day rate as opposed to kind of lump sum? We have done because that's how the client has um, has looked at it. Um, yeah. But we're, we're becoming more and more looking at kind of fee basis, you know, yeah. percentage of contract. Um, we've got a few clients, like tier twos actually, who quite like the idea of fee percentages. So we've done mm. it on fee percentage of contract. It works well when you've got a number of projects with them because you can mix and match and, and, and balance it off. Yeah. Okay, but I find yeah. they're quite good projects to put younger QSs on. Because mm. you can afford a bit more management on them, and yeah. and 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 it gives you that opportunity to talk to the client direct with yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and I find that tier twos and threes are a bit more amenable to listening to, to, to some of the things you've got to say and and coming up with solutions, mm. which could be a change internally for them, mm. um, the way they do things, mm. or or it could be how they deal with 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 the, with the client. Yeah, There's yeah. still a bit of sensitivity about you know us fronting their employer, as it were. But again, when clients have worked with us for a period of time, they, we realise that at the end of the day, we've got everybody's interests at heart, not just their interests. Mm. And sometimes, you know, we act as a bit of a mediator mm. and get people to see sense mm. because, you know, you can get these you know, personality clashes, which leads to disputes and issues on projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really just having a, a pragmatic approach to a lot of, lot of the, lot of the requirements. Yeah. So that, you've, you've hit on that perfectly. That was you know, my next question going to be because you do, you do sound like someone who's pretty pragmatic and say, let's break this down. Just let's work out, a, you know, a sensible solution for all parties. And, and uniquely because you service a number of different main contractors and 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 sec, tier twos and, and maybe tier threes. What's your take in on what's going to happen with the whole technology, please, within construction? Both that difference between are we going to transition more from traditional to modular, but also what's the whole digital piece look like? How uh, how do you feel? The different tiers of contractors are going to adapt to the kind of digital change that's coming. 
I think obviously tier three is and tier twos take a longer time to, to, to adapt unless they're yeah. led by a young dynamic leader, as it were. Yeah. I think it doesn't actually, none of these processes really reduce the amount of work to, right. to an extent. I mean, even when we've looked at BIM, we, we spend a lot of time considering BIM yeah. and what sort of BIM software. And I put it down to the old days of the argument between VHS and Betamax on the videos. Right, you know, okay. There were several products and some brand leaders. One will come out on top. Yeah, and yeah. I decided not to invest in any software right. until that process has gone through. Yeah. Yes, it will help with takeoff work, preparing bills of quantities. But again, it's only as good as the data in the model. And... The trouble is you've got an industry which is typically your estimators are old school, you yeah. know, late 50s and 60s. Dying trade. <laughs> Dying trade. Yeah. They price things a certain way. And, yeah. they, they, you know, a lot of these items, some of these items become composite items yeah. and they need it broken down. Mm. So I was telling a number of contractors that really what we would do with BIM is act as an interpreter mm-hmm. to find out what the estimator wants, see what the model generates and then yeah. fill the gaps. Okay. Um, you know, there's dis, you know, distinct, you know, for instance, if it's not on the drawing, it won't be measured for your working space and things like that don't get measured right, okay. for a BIM model. If it's okay. not drawn, it's not measured. Okay. So, you know, temporary works on civil engineering contracts can be phenomenal. Right. So, you know, you've got to have an understanding of, you know, there might be a piece of concrete there, but what else is entailed around it? What would okay. the estimator want to see in price? Okay. So I think, I think it, it certainly has its place. Yeah. And I think it, and it's very useful and, and, and accessing information and data is great. It, it generates work in a different way. It does become more efficient in certain areas, but it generates other things you perhaps wouldn't have done normally, as it were. Okay. I find a lot of systems now, a lot of contracts are having data management systems. Right. Fantastic. But we're finding so often that people aren't putting the data on it that they should yeah. be. Yeah, because okay. emails are so prevalent yeah. that not all things are captured. Right, okay. So, you know, we've got a project now at the moment where we're going through the the, the, the corporate data system, which yeah. is shared with the employer, and yet to see whether everything has been captured. Right, okay. You know? And obviously, if you're dealing with NEC 3 or 4, you know, you're looking for change. Yes. And it changes the words of information or instruction. So yeah, you yeah. can have quite an innocuous instruction encapsulated within, a, within an email, yeah, but, it's yeah, not, yeah. but it's not been actually formalized. So, you know, it just makes our forensic analysis work a bit more detailed. It's definitely um, all about the data, isn't it? Or the, or, the, or the lack of consistent data that's collected throughout the supply chain, I think, is one of the big yeah, challenges. I, 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 to be honest, I think a lot of contractors don't understand that they, the best money spent is on somebody gathering data and information and records yeah, yeah. And, and getting the foreman to put things down on the right in the right places on the right yeah. sheets. I mean, so much of our work is forensic and so much of it, it just relies on records and trying to piece together what actually happened and you know, then what was the cascade effect? And yes. when you're doing project controls and planning and forensic planning, especially, you know, it, it's, it, it, those records are just infallible yeah, to yeah, actually yeah. prove what happened. And I think that gets missed in a lot of, lot of occasions. You know, yeah. there's nothing like a good old foreman site diary, you know, that you can go and get a highlight pen and, you know, and, and pick up things. Yeah, sometimes the simplest solutions are the simplest solutions, yeah. aren't they? But the, the trouble is, in some respects, computers have made people lazy. Yeah, because yeah. they're looking at for computer generated information. So the old days, the old school of a written diary mm. are on kind of they're frowned upon. Right, and you, yeah. the guys who are going to write a diary aren't the sort of guys who are going to go on an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, With so, you, yeah, yeah. so you've got this, you know, it'd be a few more years before everything's completely electronic. <laughs>
And, you know, to be honest, if I was running a scheme, I'd have these guys coming in at the end of the day for an hour every day and I'd make them sit in a desk and I'd make mm. them write down what's gone on. Mm. Uh, um, because once they've done it, they've done it. Yeah, you know, okay. You know, we've often, when we've been working with companies where they've got gangs of crews out on the road, we've often encouraged them to pay the youngster, you know, an extra 50 yeah. quid a week to do the records. Right, yeah, he's yeah, keen yeah. To do it, He's getting 50 quid, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the older boys sometimes, you know, oh, well, they, they don't look at my records anyway, so I stopped keeping them years ago, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's, and that's so, the, you know, systemic problem, isn't it, then, with the with the industry in that regard? Yeah, but I, I think it will, it, 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 it will change when people, you know, these things kind of go in cycles and when people get a lot of problems on jobs yeah. and they realise that, you know, they should have had records, the next job, you definitely they're definitely getting the records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's future-proofing at the end of yeah. the day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Ian, that's been great. Thank you very much for your time. Um, I'm yeah, afraid I've, 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 as, as we all seem to be these days, we always seem to start from one Zoom call to another. But um, look, yeah. it's been really useful. And, and, and I feel, you know, we could talk for hours, actually. So we're going to have to do a, a, a second session of this at some point. Maybe, maybe a few months down the line to get your views on, you know, what life is looking like uh, for the industry further yeah. down the line. Yeah, um, pleasure. So look, thanks very much for your time today, Ian. Is there anything else you want to add to, to close with? No, thank you very much for, 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 for the discussion. It's quite nice to have something not normal to do. Yeah. Um, break up the monotony. Uh, as you can see, from the, I've been coming in virtually all the lockdown. So um, at first it was quite late. Um, I was uh, you know, phenomenally got a lot of work put in. But, yeah. um, so, so it's nice to have something slightly different, you know, slight curveball keeps your interest going. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. All right. all right, Ian, well, look, have a good day. Take care. Cheers. You're welcome, Bye. Paul. Thank you. Bye.